You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. There it is. You can tell Tammy's not here because there's nobody else helping me say Jeep. (laughs) Hey, I'm Tony, and soon my arms will be longer than they are now. Hmm, what could that mean? I don't know. Well, hey, I'm Josh, and out here in the Pacific Northwest, summer has come early and no complaints at all. Ah, uh, well, you know, we were talking about pollen. You can't complain about the pollen, Josh? Oh, well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, Josh, what's coming up in this episode? Tony, I'm glad you asked. We've got Justin Andrews from Factor 55. You guys all know that big name in the industry and their line of closed system winching products. They're going to talk about what that means, and there might even be a giveaway happening. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. (laughs) This week in Jeep, we're going to pay tribute to a young hero, and we're going to hear about the new head of Jeep. Wrangler Talk, well, Tammy's going to not be talking about anything. She's not here this week. (laughs) Nikki G butt dials the show, and you thought his mouth had a lot to say. Well, just wait. (laughs) There's a lot more coming up, so stick around, Jeeper. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep, as always, is brought to you by Amazon.com. If you're looking for a way to support the show, this is how you do it. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Look and press the big Amazon button there. You'll be taken to the magical land of Amazon's online shopping. While there, anything you purchase, and I do mean anything, will give the show a few cents back while costing you nothing more at all. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. At just 18 years old, his life was ended entirely way too soon. But Kendrick Castillo will be remembered more as a hero than the sole fatality in the Highlands Ranch school shooting in Littleton, Colorado earlier this week. His father, in an interview with NBC News, said he actually discussed with his son what to do if he was ever confronted by a gunman. You don't have to be the hero, John Castillo said, recalling his words of advice to his son. But the younger Castillo, who hoped to study electrical engineering in college one day, rejected that advice telling his dad he wouldn't think twice about acting to save others if ever face-to-face with an armed intruder. Kendrick Castillo's classmates said that the 18-year-old lunged at one of the shooters at STEM School Highlands Ranch in suburban Denver on Tuesday, taking fatal gunfire. In doing so, he sacrificed his own life, giving others the precious moments they needed to take cover. Young Kendrick wasn't alone in the heroics. Other classmates took immediate action as well in hopes of disarming or subduing the shooters. Joshua Jones, Jackson Gregory, and Lucas Albertoni all engaged the shooter as well. They succeeded in disarming the shooter, but not before Kendrick was killed, and Joshua took a bullet in the hip and the leg. Joshua Jones is fine and recovering at home after being released from the hospital, but the entire Littleton community is in shock and dismay over this latest shooting. Castillo was a bright, smart young man, an outdoor enthusiast, a fellow Jeeper and Cherokee owner, and full of life. But his selfless, brave actions are likely the only reason his classmates are alive today and are able to share with the rest of us just how brave this young man was. I'm sure it goes without saying that our condolences, thoughts, and prayers go out to the Castillo family. 
Well, former Infinity boss is now head of G. <laughs> this doesn't sound good. <laughs> he has a it gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was debating on whether or not I was going to work some sort of an endgame reference into this or not, but I, <laughs> I decided not to. Keep it, keep it uh, straight and narrow. <laughs> the news was released Tuesday that former Infinity President uh, Christian Munier was been, has been named Global President of the Jeep brand. Munier was uh, at Infinity's top job for just four months before he resigned to lead Jeep. And according to the press release, his new position at Jeep is effective immediately. Now, Mike Manley, FCA CEO, said Munier's uh, employment for, for further strengthens, quote, an already proven bench at the Jeep brand. Prior to the late Sergio Marchion's death last year, Manley was Jeep's top executive. Munier brings, both a, uh, brings a host of experience from various brands to the position. He previously held roles at Ford and Land Rover, aside from his most recent work with Nissan and Infiniti. As Jeep works to expand its lineup and push more vehicles into a more upscale market with Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer soon to come, Munier was likely a prime candidate. The new Jeep boss said that the brand is, is one that he'd quote-unquote admired from afar before joining. So, the question I have is will he be driving an Infiniti or a Jeep to work from now on? There you go. Yeah, probably a Beamer or Mercedes among these executives. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, I guess I didn't really uh, understand exactly what you were saying uh, about the new head of Jeep because I was like, no, not Mike Manley. He's gone. But yeah, I, I forgot. He's actually, he leads up the entire FCA right. organization now. Yeah, so, <laughs> he's, the, he's the big man now. So I would think because, you know, Mike Manley was, was very, uh, Jeep was near and dear to him. Uh, oh, when yeah. he was in, in charge of that, you would think that this guy is going to be a pretty good uh, similar type individual to Mike Manley. Well, here's my concerns. This guy's floated around the automotive industry quite a bit, and he was only in this last position for four months. To me, this is a guy who doesn't exactly have a whole lot of loyalty. If well, you know what true, I'm saying. True. He's not going to be a guy that that you know might be able to be counted on for decades in the in you know with this with this automaker oh. he has jumped around the industry quite a bit mike manley's been with jeep for a very long time yeah this guy has has has, has gone from one job to the next to the next to the next and was only in his last one four months before resigning to come to another one so is, is this going to be a kind of guy who's just always looking for the greener grass? Is he always looking for the bigger paycheck? What are his motivations? I don't trust this guy right now. He's got big shoes to fill, and he's going to have a long road to hoe before I'm going to go ahead and, and tip my hat to him. Yeah, This is – go I, ahead. I, yeah, I was going to say, I can kind of see that. I mean, I can kind of get the feel that four months kind of uh, threw me too. Um, it's kind of like, is he going to be doing the fast buck? Is he going to be in Jeep right. for the long term? Not not yeah. necessarily him, but the product, the thing, the things that we buy, is is that short term mentality going to be? Uh, let's get the profits up and the quality down, and uh, you know I can get this big uh, parachute and then move on to the next big thing I want to do. So yeah, that that is a concern, and, and time will just tell. I like to think of it. He was only at the last job uh, for four months because he peed in the wrong person's coffee, and, and it was <laughs> and it was the best thing to they could come up with uh, just to let him let him just go on to another some place else. <laughs> if he has indeed, quote unquote, admired from afar Jeep for so long, I'm curious to see if he's ever owned one. Some tells me probably not. And, I don't know. And is it a Jeep proper? 
not just right. uh, you know like a oh uh, you know oh I've owned seven compasses over the years. <laughs> well, like, even no. a, even a Grand Cherokee, you know, the only thing I could say is if it was a Trackhawk. Now, uh, you know, the, the the lead foot in me has kind of got a you know not an off road vehicle, but certainly the speed something. demon in me is okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, we might be able to have a beer together. <laughs> Well, if you've got a news tip response to any one of our stories, we want to hear from you. Be sure to let us know what you have to say by phone or by email, a number of ways that you can reach out to us. And if you would like to know how, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got one more. Mike Manley. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up later in the show, interview with Justin from Factor 55. This is one that you don't want to miss out on. Stick around. (laughs) Coming up in Tech Talk, those crazy angles. (laughs) What are they and what do they mean? You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You're most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And if you're new to the show, you don't know what the 4x4 Radio Network is, well, have I got a surprise for you and for your friends because we've got something for everybody over at the 4x4 Radio Network. No matter what you drive, there are there's one show or another out there for you. We've got the On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, Dan and the 4x4 podcast putting out some great content. It's all for free. It's all in one stop, 4x4radionetwork.com. Doesn't matter what you drive. We'll see you there. Hey, it's not too late to shove some Jeep talk show into your mom's ear hole. <laughs> you heard me right. Mother's Day is this Sunday, May 12th. That's uh, what, day after tomorrow as you're probably listening to this, uh, a couple days away as we record it. So even if you don't have any other way of thanking her for bringing you into this world just so you could ignore her for that Jeep of yours, it's no excuse not to show some love. Head on over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store and you'll find t-shirts, iPhone and Android cases, all sorts of stuff, and it's all supporting the official Jeep Talk Show logo. If you do get some JTS goodies for your mom, be sure and share a picture on social media. We sure love to see the Jeep moms sporting our goods. You know, Josh, I have a a whole thing. I know I'm not supposed to get political, uh, but thankfully you don't have the mute button on me. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of abortion talk going on these days and about bills, you know, heartbeat bills and so on and so forth. I think that they're doing the, the whole thing wrong. They ought to do the abortion thing, uh, where the woman can choose to abort, uh, their, her, their children up to the age of 30 because mother's day, there would be flowers, lawns mode. There'd be a whole bevy of Jeep talk show goodies at, at mom's doorstep. <laughs> cards and letters simply because you know it's like logan's run but the mom controls it (laughs) (laughs) very 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 late term is what we're talking about here oh i thought i was gonna get a timely reference for logan's run That's a that's a that's a, that is an iconic sci-fi movie. There there Thank is you. no there's, I, I, that is timeless. Excellent. I, we're we're in agreement here. <laughs> hey, uh, have you ever thought about advertising your business? Well, especially if it's a Jeep-centric business, uh, you know how much would you spend to reach two thousand people? Wait, not just two thousand people, but two thousand people with an intense love of Jeeps and the Jeep lifestyle. You could spend as much as ten dollars per person to reach your target audience. That would be twenty thousand dollars. I used a calculator, Josh. We know you ne- you would never spend that much money on mailers, radio, TV, would you? The great news is you don't have to. For a fraction of that, you can advertise with a Jeep Talk Show, 
Interested in increasing your company's SEO? We'll include your company on our website, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. Want to talk to us? Well, we certainly want to talk to you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact or email us at info at jeeptalkshow.com or give us a call at 281-301-5749. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, lately, we've been focusing on the technical aspects of gear selection. No, not gears, but the other stuff that makes our Jeeps our own and makes them as capable as they are. We've discussed armor selection, bumper and rock slider selection as well. Last week, I wasn't around, and in episode 382, I hopped on my soapbox and went on a bit of a rant. So it's been a couple weeks since you've had a good tech talk, and you're probably slapping the inside of your arm looking for a fix. Well, we're going to scratch that itch right now. One of the things I ended the tech talk in episode 381 with was a promise to talk about the important angles in off-roading. Now, everybody knows the angle of the dangle is inversely proportional to the heat of the meat, but that's not the angles we're talking about either. Things like approach and departure angles and things like breakover. These terms may be foreign to many of you, but they're easy to understand once you wrap your head around the principles behind them. And it's easy stuff, so don't let the big words fool you. Why this stuff is important is twofold. First off, having an understanding of these terms, what they mean, and how they can be applied to your specific Jeep will make you a much more observant and better informed wheeler. You'll be able to pick lines better, be able to spot better, and will be more informed about the capabilities and limits of your rig. Secondly, knowing what this stuff means is going to give you an upper hand in selecting gear and mods for your Jeep. You'll know just what that bumper you're looking at is going to do to your approach angle and what that lift kit is going to mean for your breakover numbers. This will save you the embarrassment of selecting something like a bumper that actually diminishes your Jeep's ability to conquer an obstacle. It can happen, trust me. So, what's this stuff mean anyways? Let's break it down from the front of the vehicle to the back. Approach angle is defined as the maximum angle a ramp or obstacle onto which a vehicle can climb from a horizontal plane without interference. It is defined as the angle between the ground and the line drawn between the front tire and the lowest hanging part of the vehicle at the front overhang. So imagine this. Imagine drawing a line from the bottom of your tire to the lowest part of your front bumper. Measuring that angle in relation to the ground is what we're talking about here. Or imagine like this, if you will. Driving a vehicle towards a ramp. If the ramp is too steep, the front bumper will hit the ramp like a wall before the tires are able to reach it. The things that affect approach angle the most, well, your lift height and tire size will certainly play a big role here. But the position of your tire also makes a huge difference, as well as what that front bumper looks like. We've seen those videos of a buggy that can literally climb a wall. Well, that's only because of the front tires that stick out farther than the front of the vehicle or its bumper. If you have a stubby front bumper that's small, doesn't stick out the sides too far, has a low profile cross section, then your approach angle is likely going to be a little bit better than it was when the rig was stock. But if you have a large, chunky front bumper with big panels and quarter protection and built-in steering box guard and the whole kit and caboodle, well, there's probably a good chance your angle is going to be a little bit worse off than it was when the Jeep was in its stock form with a much more simplistic bumper. Breakover angle moves our attention from the front of the Jeep to its belly. Breakover angle is the maximum possible supplementary angle usually expressed in degrees that a vehicle can drive over without the apex of that angle touching any point of the vehicle other than the wheels. Okay, what this means is simple. How steep or shallow of a triangular shaped wedge could you drive over before the point of that wedge would come in contact with the underside of the Jeep or cause you to high center? 
Basically, it's a measurement of the height of the vehicle in relation to its wheelbase. But don't confuse this with ground clearance. Breakover is much different from ground clearance in that ground clearance is the shortest distance between the ground and the lowest point on the vehicle. For instance, the ground clearance of a Dana 35 is completely different from that of a Dana 44 or a Dana 60, but neither has any effect on breakover angle. So departure angle is the counterpart to approach angle and occurs at the rear of the vehicle. Departure angle is defined as the maximum ramp angle from which the vehicle can descend without damage. Think of it just like the front bumper part, except coming down off of something instead of coming up to it. If your Jeep has a trailer hitch below the bumper, then likely that's going to be the last thing the rock that you come down off of is going to contact. The lower that receiver is, or the more your rear bumper protrudes from the back of the vehicle, the worse your departure angle will be. Things that affect your departure angle will most of, will or affect your departure angle the most will of course be wheelbase and how far the back of the rear tire is in relation to the rear bumper. And of course, that bumper and trailer hitch are going to be big factors as well, and so is the rear tire carrier and its position. Now, this may not come into play too much for your average weekend wheeler, out on the sand or up in the hills catching a view. But if you plan to go to places like Moab or the Rubicon or wheel on trail systems with lots of rocks and ledges, you're going to want to pay attention to this stuff as it could make the difference between carnage and making it through unscathed. These terms, along, along with hundreds of others, can be found in our soon-to-be-released Jeep Talk Show Glossary of Off-Road Terminology. Once published, it will be the world's most comprehensive list of off-road terminology that has ever been published before. Stay tuned to future episodes to find out when and where to go for this information. I forgot about that. I was supposed to be finding some, some way of uh, making that easily searchable. You did a lot of good work on, uh, on filling that thing, thing out. I think I put on there... Uh, write something for this, and then you filled out 27 pages worth of stuff. <laughs> Literally, we have my notes of were pages to do, you know, <laughs> write something in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of good information, but that, that that's the difficult part is how do you make it easily searchable where people can just put in a keyword or perhaps have a, a, a table of content so they can jump to uh, what they're looking for. That's the tricky bit, and uh, that's uh, some I'm looking for some free software that will do that, but. Uh, yeah, having a, 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 a terms and a glossary of things, especially when you're listening to this show and uh, especially the tech segments. Um, especially when you're listening to my technical ass. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I was don't just, understand a word he's saying. I was just, <laughs> when, when you got done with that, I was going to say, okay, I found a pencil and paper. Start over. Yeah, start getting, <laughs> hold on. I got, I got the angles part. What was the rest? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting stuff, and uh, you know you don't think about it. Uh, I mean, when you're when you're off road and doing it, it it you can see it and you you understand it because uh, it's not something that you have to deal with normally. Just driving back and forth on the roads, a, a flat surface, you know, maybe a slight angle going up to a, a flyover or something. But when you're when you're dealing with these steep drop offs, and uh, you know, I've seen it a couple of times where people are coming off of a, a three foot high. Uh, drop and uh, they almost rip the the rear tire off uh, of their vehicle yeah. because it's sticking out further than the bumper. And uh, I can understand why people uh, like to stretch their wheelbase where they get the, the the wheels closer to the back end of the vehicle because you now go. you have that uh, extra room to uh, clear things as you're not only coming down but coming off. Well, do you have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message.
This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Tim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Uh, tonight we have Justin with Factor 55. He's been working uh, for Factor 55 for five years. And I'm glad that wasn't Factor 66 for six years, uh, Justin. That would have been that <laughs> yeah, would have been weird. Be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> he has been uh, in marketing and sales for the last 18 years uh, as a uh, and, and is a passionate off-road enthusiast. He has been part of pit crews and recovery at King of the Hammers. Oh, you lucky bastard! Uh, <laughs> raced the Baja 1000 and has been wheeling all over the country and loves teaching and talking recovery. Justin is also a scuba instructor and a musician. That must sound funny down uh, in the water. Uh, he yeah. has been a Jeep owner for 10 years and is uh, still kicking himself for not buying that burnt orange uh, LJ when he had the chance. Oh, we all Could've have those that. lost love stories, don't we? Yeah, man. Could have bought that Jeep. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you can find out more about Factor 55 by visiting their website at www.factor55.com. Justin, thanks a lot for making time uh, for us tonight and uh, all of our uh, fantastic listeners. Yeah, thank you, sir. No, we're uh, happy to finally be able to get on the uh, onto the uh, podcast here, and uh, you know, kind of get uh, people maybe a little bit more familiar about our products, and you know, about uh, you know what Factor Fifty Five is all about. Yeah, you know, uh, you guys started showing up on uh, the in, in uh, social media pictures a few years back, and uh, gosh, it may have been ten years ago that I first started noticing these things. And I went, "Wow, those are some really cool looking things. What the hell is that thing?" You know, <laughs> yeah, and yes, that's sir. that's not like the normal steel looking hook thing. This is really smooth and all pretty. And I went, "I gotta have one of those." And I went and found out what it was, and I looked it up online, and I went, "Holy mother of God, that's expensive." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah. Now let's, yeah, we, let's just hit that because I'm sure that everybody loves this, loves looking at the product, and then they go look up the price and they go, "My God, why?" The, the, you know, I can get a, a, a D ring down at the hardware store for twelve dollars. Why? Why am I looking at something that's in, in, uh, over a hundred dollars? Yeah, and so like a, a lot of that is uh, we get that question quite quite often. Of course, everybody, Jeepers and, uh, are cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and everybody wants to. You know, I remember like even when I first bought my Jeep. You know, there, there was a whole thing that, you know, where you, I mean, it's constantly talked about, right? The whole built, not bought thing. And and, yeah. and it get, goes down just, man, that goes down the rabbit hole. Like you can't even <laughs> believe, right? Oh, well, did you mine the ore to make the <laughs> yes. steel for your bumper? Like, geez, man, you know, no, dude. Like, so I thought, you know, even when I first got into Jeep and like, I, I, um, you know, I had gotten a piece of, uh, angle iron and cut it all off and tried to mount it up on the front of my Jeep. And, you know I mean? I was trying to do everything I could. Um, through there and so like trust me i t i mean i totally get it we get we hear about this stuff with with the price thing all the time and in fact one of the very first um kind of funny little story actually i was one of the first events i ever did um was the northridge 4x4 open house um this is like six years ago 
And uh, we were up in Seattle and doing that. And some of the other industry people, like I was just starting to get to know people and just kind of, you know, introducing myself into the industry and that kind of thing. And one of the, one of the guys uh, from one of the bumper companies actually said to me like, well, hey man, it's gotta be really hard, like selling a part that's not really necessary. And I, and I, Shots and I fired. That, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, man, that's, that's such an interesting concept and an idea because I was like, well, 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 is it really necessary to have 40 inch tires to go wheeling? Because it makes your life a whole lot easier though, doesn't right, it? Right. You know? And so a lot of it is like, there's, there are a lot of things and it's a little bit of misconceptions about like our products where, you know, like one thing I tell people all the time is. The thing is, people like go coming to me like, yeah, man, I got the, I got that Factor Fifty Five on the front because they don't even know which part they have. They just know the name of the company, <laughs> right? And then they, and then they say like, well, I got it on there on the front, but you know, luckily I've never had to use it. And you know, my response is always like, well, I mean, especially for those uh, users using synthetic winch line, the thing is that it's it's doing its job all the time. Where like right now with most winch owners, you have your winch line pulled out and clicked to your shackle. Uh, or, um, worse off, you have your steel shackle slammed up into an aluminum fair lead that's constantly rubbing and eating away at that aluminum while you're just daily driving. So as soon as your rope passes over it, you're running that, that, uh, you know, that sensitive synthetic rope over top of a burr, like on the fair lead surface. And so ours, you know, all of our parts have got integrated rubber pads and the attachments, all these things, but what it's doing is protecting that rope until you absolutely need to use it. So there's a, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the, the idea of the products or what it's there for. Um, so it really, it really serves such a bigger purpose overall than just being that thing on the end of the winch rope. Right. Or the, the nice new thing that you have to have on your, your Jeep to be one of the cool kids, because that's the the end thing to have, which is nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. I mean, that, that's, that is a cool thing to do when you, you pull up to a, a meet or you pull up in the parking lot and you got to park next to the, the other Jeep and they got a metal hook that came with the winch and, and, and you got the, the pro links uh, hanging off of yours and it's bright and red and, or, or actually you guys have, they, 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 these things come in many colors, as you were telling me. Uh, and, and that's pretty cool. Uh, that way you can kind of match it to your Jeep. All those things are, uh, are, are, completely unnecessary for driving off-road but it, it, it goes to the making the jeep yours and i think that's a lot of the um uh, bought not built feeling is what i did to make it mine and it's not just something i bought from the factory and drive around yeah of course and you know and, and so the one thing the one thing about like our our parts i, I mean i'm i'm kind of in that same boat where like you know like i've been um the company's been around for you know close to close to, you know, nine to 10 years. And I've been with the company the majority of the time. Um, and so for me, I was the same thing where like, um, and like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm still kind of new, um, in the Jeep world where like I, I had moved, uh, back to Idaho, uh, where we're from and, uh, bought a Jeep. And I had a buddy of mine that was like, uh, Hey man, you ever heard of uh, King of the Hammers? And I was like, Oh man, what's that? And then never, I never thought in a, in a million years that I'd be spending every year in Johnson Valley. You know what I mean? Like, I just never thought that would ever be like a thing that would happen for me. And, and so as we got into this and I got, you know, um, you know, we got into, uh, getting into wheeling and building the Jeeps and working on them, doing all this stuff. Um, it was one of those things where I started seeing like on the Genrite builds or the Terraflex builds or uh, any of these other major companies where they were pro links on the fronts of these. And, you know, I, for me, 
like I got certified for scuba and then I became an instructor. You know, I, I did a lot of rock climbing in my early twenties and then ended up doing, you know, some summits and I did all these things where, you know, I wanted to always take it to the next level. And so for me, I got into Jeeps and I was like, well, of course, you know, I got to, I want to go balls out just like anybody does with their build. Sure. And so I started seeing all these guys and I was like, man, like those dudes really know what's going on. So I, I, I mean, I got to look that up and what is that? Oh, it's factor 55. And I was like, Boise, Idaho. Like I, I live here. Like you gotta go find these guys. So that's how I stumbled even upon the brand, um, just to begin with. And so even at first, um, when I first got the part, you know, I really never even, you know, I think at first I never really even thought anything of it. I really kind of went into this whole mentality where, you know, it was like, well, some of the bigger names had it, uh, you know, even remember how big poison spider was, um, especially when Larry McRae owned the company and, you know, they were a dominant force in the Jeep world for a long time. And, um, you know, it, it was just something that was like, it felt like, well, you couldn't finish off your build unless you had this part, like on the end of your interim. So that's kind of even how it started for me where, you know, and again, when it comes back to the price, I tell people all the time, like, like, uh, for instance, like how big a tire is, you, what, like what size tire are you running in your Jeep? I only have 33s on mine. Okay. So, but still, I mean, right. If you're even, so let's, let's look at the average, right? About 35s is still a pretty oh, yeah. good average for yeah. a lot yeah. of wheelers. 35 right? is common. And then people are going out there and spending the money on 37s. And of course the bigger builds into the forties. And, you know, as soon as you get there, you got to get one tons and, you know, I mean, top to bottom, you get all these things. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, like I was just even looking at where like, man, like even, you know, like one beadlock can be like four or $500 yes. just for one wheel. Yeah. And you got to get five of them. You know what I mean? Like the amount of investment that goes into this for, for in, you know, in this perspective, man, it's just, you know, just for like a hundred bucks, $150. Like you could have something that could potentially save, um, somebody's life or potentially have something that could be, you know, save, uh, you know, an, an accident from happening on the trail. It's kind of a, you know, kind of a priceless, uh, you know, item that can be there. And that's kind of more of, you know, when you look at this, man, I would just do anything. If I could buy something for a hundred bucks, that was going to make my Jeep better. I mean, that was like always like the thing. And so that's kind of what kind of inspired me at first. So I know a lot of people, I go back and forth about the price, but we try to do it. Everything, you know, we always are trying to be as competitive as we can, uh, price wise. And it's just also, you know, I mean, it's man, we're making USA made par parts with USA made materials, right? You know, it's all, uh, Kaiser 6061 and 7075, um, billet aluminum with lot traceability. Um, you know, and we have to do that in order to, and then even the, all of our shear pins, all of our attachment pins are all made out of titanium rod. So, you know, we do that, even our snap rings, the little snap ring that goes and holds the pin into place, those snap rings are sourced here in America. They're zinc plated USA made snap rings. So, you know, we go, we go to that level, um, you know, and that's the same, we have to have the parts to be at that level because, uh, you know, safety concerns and it's got to be the best of the best. And, uh, that's why we sell to the, to the government fire departments, um, and, uh, to the military. Yeah, I, I can certainly see that. The USA made is uh, is always very important to me. So it's uh, it's really the materials, the quality, and uh, what the abuse this thing will stay up uh, stand up to. Now, I was just trying to to poke around here on the the website uh, and to see if uh, are are all the uh, factory fifty five uh, parts made to be used with synthetic line, or can you use them no. with synthetic or uh, metal cable? That's a great question. And so that's, that's the biggest advantage of the factor 55 product line was, uh, in fact, that, that our parts can be used with, with either steel cable or synthetic rope. 
because especially as we do, you know, I mean, we do 25 events a year on average um, between Easter Jeep, between Jeep Beach. Like, you know, I just got back from uh, the Unlimited Off-Road Show in Nashville. And then I'm headed to Rally on the Rocks like next week. I'm going back to Moab next week and then even to Overland Expo in Flagstaff um, the following weekend. And so, you know, you, as we travel around the country and you start asking people like, oh, well, what kind of winches do you have? Or what are you using? Or how's your front bumper setup? Or, you know, as you, as you kind of go through this and you get a feel for that with, with people, a lot of people still use steel cable and there's really nothing wrong with it. If you know the, um, the ways to protect yourself, um, in a situation where it could turn south very quickly. Right. right? So that was one of the biggest things was our, in fact, our company, uh, president and our founder, um, he still uses steel cable on on his uh, on his uh, vehicle, and the reason being is because you know we're out here in Idaho, man. We have we're a high mountain desert. Um, we have a lot of really great rock trails. We're very fortunate that the whole southwestern part of the state is wide open BLM land, and we have great access to that land here. And we got great trails, and so the steel cable can actually really hold up to the abrasion with you know getting over rock surfaces and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the synthetic rope can. You know, as soon as it's under tension and it gets starting to pull over top of a rock, it can really split or fray or, um, you know, pop really quickly. So that's kind of one of the biggest things. There's, there's never an idea of um, a winch line shackle mount that would interface with both synthetic rope uh, or steel cable. Well, that's great because uh, I'm a, a steel cable kind of person. I, as I've said repeatedly on the show, uh, I'll go to synthetic whenever the record drivers and uh, those folks start using it because, they, <laughs> you know, they have to make a living on it. And, and, and just like me, they don't want to have to maintain it every day. Uh, I love the idea of synthetic rope. It is actually absolutely wonderful. But if something, if the sun can break it down and like you say, uh, anything jagged running over, it can, uh, can tear it up. Uh, I, I can mitigate the safety portion of it. I try to think about what it is that I'm, when I'm doing it and uh, I'll take that risk uh, by using cable. Now, uh, one of the things I was going to ask you about this thing that you guys call the closed system winching, and I, I looked at that really quick. I said, well, what is that? And I, I realized that's what I like doing. I don't like anything that's got hooks and things that can slide off. I want everything connected together. Is there? Can you describe that to our, to our audience here about uh, what closed system winching is? Yeah, so um, basically the idea of closed system winching is something that we really released out to the market in the sense that um, you know, it would be interfacing with any of our closed system shackle mount products. And what that is, is to eliminate any risk of any of your winching or rigging tackle um, coming undone. Because with winching, we deal with momentary slack and tension. And because of that, you know, you're, you know, you got your, your winch attached and you're winching up an obstacle and, you know, you're, you're giving it gas and assisting. And there's always, you know, there's always those times where the tires will grab. And then you'll overrun the winch. You'll drive forward. And then if you slip back down where there's that momentary slack, which can, you know, have um, explosive results. And that's where, you know, everybody's seen those photos like they float around uh, Facebook or anywhere on the Internet or the forums, stuff where, you know, hooks have gone through windshields of cars or guys have tried to use their winches as, you know, as like a dynamic or kinetic pole. And, um, you know, the, the, the premise of that is that hooks in general were always designed for vertical lifting where a hook, where the load would stay in the center of the hook, um, of the throat of the hook mm-hmm. during a vertical lift. Hooks were never designed to be used for pulling. It just happened to be like, um, 
you know, one of those things where, you know, and even a lot of guys figured that out really early on where they were just, you know, interfacing the end of the winch rope with uh, the pin end of a screw pin shackle, right? And we get that a lot. In fact, I had a guy just comment on, on one of our YouTube videos just last night. Well, you know, you don't need that whole thing. You can just interface the pin of the shackle through the end of the winch line. A lot of guys do that. But the, the point of that is, is still, how are you going to stow your winch line? Like, is your winch rope still going to be pulled out and exposed on the front bumper? Are you going to stow it up tight against the fair lead? And now you're going to have all that metal to metal rubbing together daily driving. And the other thing is, is for most, um, most guys that are doing that, the thimbles that create the eyelid at the end of the winch lines are designed to collapse under hard load. And so if you just run the pin end of a shackle through there and you have a really hard pull, what could happen is that thimble could collapse around the pin end of the shackle and you're never going to get it out. I've seen it happen. Like you can look in the frequently asked, uh, the frequently asked question section on our website. And there's a few photos in there. So I'll show you rigs do we've come across just even on the lake bed or I mean, at any other type of event or anything where guys have been doing that, but they can't even get the shackle out from their winch line because it's totally like now a part of it. Like just even like when you put two straps together, or have a really hard dynamic pull and, they basically fuse themselves together unless you have something separating in between there. So that's where really that the winch line shackle mounts provide a perfect place for you to interface that screw pin shackle. When you tighten that pin end of the shackle, no matter what you do, whether you drag it through the rocks, whether you have slack and tension, slack and tension during a winch pull, nothing in your recovery tackle is coming undone until you undo the pin end of the shackle. And that's where the kind of the general base of what closed system winching um, is all about. So looking at this uh, ProLink, I see that you guys have a, a number of colors uh, available uh, for this thing. And uh, Tammy's not with us tonight, but I know she'd ask about purple. I don't see purple listed here as, as one of the colors. Yes, sir. Yeah. So one of the things about that is that, you know, I mean, in, in one sense, you know, I mean, if it was really up to me, <laughs> we would just every time the new every time the next the next version of the Jeep came out, we would just take the color palette that they're putting out there oh, the world yeah. to make our parts those colors. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like that would be this that'd be the smart move to do. Oh, you got a dozer orange JK, I got a dozer orange pro link. Like, you know what I mean? It would be that would be like an ideal situation. But the you oh, know people, for us so, Yeah, people would yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of it is just, you know, it's it's hard to maintain like that many SKUs and to do that. And so really we do offer the parts in five standard colors, um, which is the red, silver, gray, black, and blue. And then we have four limited edition colors that we make um, from time to time. And those are in yellow, um, the orange, the uh, lime green, and the OD green, uh, which is actually the federally uh, regulated color. It's actually the, the military color code uh, because of some of the parts that we provide to um, some of the uh, Army and Air Force bases. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a weird thing. Like, so the one thing uh, I always tell people too that are customizing their vehicles, or let's say, you know, wanting a purple product, for instance, um, you know, you can always call us up. Um, the parts are mostly uh, anodized. And so they're really easy to disassemble and then take that part and have it painted or powder, powder coated, whatever color you'd like. And then uh, we can send you the additional stickers so it still has an OEM look. Um, so there's a way to customize them just about, wow. in, you know, in any kind of facet, right? So a lot of people never, I mean, you buy, a lot of people I'll see them buy, they'll buy shackles and paint them the color to match their Jeep or whatever color they want. Well, there's no different with our product. You know, uh, you can do the same thing. You can pull all the rubber pads off, take the pin out, paint it, hydro dip it, 
powder coat it, whatever color. I mean, whatever, man. You can do it. You know, right. That's the kind of the advantage. Because the other thing is, after use, they'll get beat up too. And after they get beat up, you know, just like anything, just like the powder coat on your front bumper or, or anything like that, you know, they're going to need to be touched up over time. And so that's a, I mean, that's a great uh, way that you can personally customize it. And then it also kind of makes it easier for us because, you know, dude, we would just have 50 colors. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would just be like, out of oh, control yes, absolutely. to try to regulate, you know, you need keep inventory up and do all that. And um, so that's the only reason why we don't have, why they're not readily available, but it's very easy to have that um, accomplished. That's great. Like in your own Yeah, that's great. Cause I know a lot of people like matching up the colors. Uh, even if they're going to go out and scratch it all off, it's, uh, it's nice to, uh, to have it that, uh, that color, the same color as your Jeep or something that, uh, complements the colors. Yeah. It's pretty funny because like, I mean, honestly, when it came to the colored parts, like if it was up to, if it was solely up to my boss, they would all be gunmetal gray. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Color doesn't make a damn bit of difference when you're off road. It's got to work right. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Uh, you would just, you know, like the, the, the gray finish we do on all the parts is a, is a mil spec type three hard anodized coating. So it's actually the strongest, uh, color that we manufacture. Um, so basically if you take 6061 Kaiser billet and you mil spec hard anodize it, the result of that becomes that dark gunmetal gray kind of finish. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of being a signature of our brand. And, um, you know, that's what the boss would go with like all the time, but it's actually, you know, fortunately it's for us like jeepers right and they have like you know accent colors and we're doing we're personalizing all of our builds and doing that kind of thing that you know kind of really was the driving force to offering those things the other thing was too is you know for safety reasons actually i mean a lot of those bright colors really serve a purpose for being high vis and being able to see it in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. see it when it falls in the dirt or the mud and then know exactly where your recovery tackle is, you know, put together. Oh my God. Could you imagine dropping something that was $250 in the dirt and you can't find it? I'd be crying all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Justin, I tell you what, I'm sold. I, uh, I certainly uh, understand why uh, you guys charge what you do. It's uh, U.S. made products. It's uh, all sourced uh, here locally uh, in the States. And, uh, it, uh, it's a lot stronger than those uh, those $12 shackles I like buying down at the har- uh, feed and hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of that, too, is like, you know, it's it's so funny about that. The, uh, you know, a lot of those things where people, you know, people always ask us, like, well, you know, what's the major difference, too, between like a ten, the $10 Smitty Belt shackles or, you know, any of these other imported shackles versus what we sell, um, which are, you know, the Crosby USA shackles. And there's a lot there because... The Crosby shackles are, you know, and they're actually made right there in Texas, right? We source them from Crosby's foundry right there in Texas. And um, those are certified for overhead lifting. So they're for life safety, right? None of these other types of shackles, the design of the shackle is actually inherently strong just by the, you know, the idea of it. In fact, you can go all the way back to, you know, man, the clipper ship days, like looking and there's all types of weird, you know, steel shackle configurations that guys were using even the sailing ships during the Spanish main, right? That's how, I mean, that's how long this stuff has been around, but the, um, you know, the de- the deal is that the alloy compositions and what they're rated for. And most shackles that you find are completely unrated They'll If you pick a shackle up, it'll say the size on there, whether it's half inch or five eighths, three quarter, whatever, but they won't have their working load limits. And if it doesn't have the stamp that it's been made here in America, then it's you, you can't trust it because you don't know the material properties that has been going in there to its forging and how it was manufactured. In fact, I had a guy at Jeep Beach come up to me um, at our booth at Jeep Beach who is just he had was doing a recovery pull, um, was doing a kinetic pull off of another vehicle, 
uh, had that person go up and attach the rope uh, to their front bumper with a shackle. And he gave it a couple of goes. And after like the second, really, uh, the, the second time he just hit the gas, he heard a loud bang. And he was like, oh my God, like what happened? Like he had a nice USA made kinetic rope, had all these things like in line. He thought everything was good to go. Well, he got out and this, uh, you know, this imported shackle that was attached to this person's car had completely filleted itself open and shot itself into his tire. Wow. <laughs> so, and I mean, like, we're going to be, we'll be sharing that photo on our social media here. Like, cause the guy was going to send it to me and I'm here probably in the next week or so. And it is, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. You know, most times, yeah, man, you're, you'll get away with it for a lot, for a, a, you know, a lot of times, but you know, that one time that you're not paying attention to what's going on, that could be the time that it's somebody's leg or somebody's life, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's where, that's where it comes into. So what's the difference between $10 and 30 bucks? Well, I mean, Hey man, you know, it, if it's going to last a lot longer, like that could be the way to go because it's, it, you know, it could be, you know, it could be your head. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. affect. Well, even a tire. I mean, nobody wants yeah. to have to replace a tire, so just the cost of the tire can be, uh, uh, you know, upwards of uh, two hundred dollars, so or even higher, depending on the size yeah. of it. So yes, sir. Oh, uh, yeah. now I, I don't want to rush you, but I'm kind of excited about this. Now you had mentioned something about doing a a giveaway, uh, and uh, of course uh, our listeners love the giveaways. That uh, if if you haven't changed your mind, what is it that you have in mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, for us to come on the show and for everybody, you know, tuning in and, and uh, wanting to jump on the website or check out any of our you know social channels or whatever, you know, or if you're familiar with the products, we want to give you the opportunity uh, to win uh, one of our, uh, you know, um, it's uh, actually our highest selling shackle mount product now, uh, which is our flat link expert. It's our flat link E. Um, the advantages of this product is that it not only folds flat against the front, uh, of your vehicle. So it gives you a lot better approach angle. Um, cause that's been some of the problem with the pro links in the past where, especially for like, uh, especially for Cherokee owners, right. For XJ owners. Um, most of the time the winch bumpers are always really mounted really far forward in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And so if you put a pro link on there, I mean, it stands like, you know, three and a half inches out from the front of the vehicle. So that could be the first thing that tags on these rocks to do that kind of stuff. So the flat link folds flat. Um, it's only an inch and a inch and three quarters thick. Um, and it also has a giant oval hole opening and the advantage of that oval hole opening is it actually gives you the ability to use the pin end of a three quarter shackle. You can actually use the pin end of a seven, eight shackle, a larger shackle. Um, it'll interface with any type of, um, synthetic shackle, any soft shackle. Um, and, uh, you can also use that to even thread over a lot of OEM toe points, um, for even light poles. And so it's a very functional part and you can actually pass the body of a three quarter shackle through it. So it's the most versatile shackle mount product, um, that we use. And so we're going to give one away to, uh, to, uh, a caller here on the show. All right. So, uh, like we always uh, get our guests to do, we'd like for you to pick a number between one and 10, and that will be the caller that uh, you will need to be to, uh, to win this great give giveaway item, the flat link E winch line shackle mount. So I would normally pick. 55 obviously right? <laughs> of course <laughs> so i'm gonna so i'm definitely gonna go with caller number five. Oh, that makes sense you must be 18 years of age or older the giveaway is available to shipping addresses in the continental united states unless otherwise stated you may only call in once per giveaway unless otherwise stated calling in twice means you will be disqualified if a phrase or word is required you must say this correctly and completely for your call to be considered valid do not call back into correct if you've messed up you will be disqualified Giveaway items come from the individual or company that is providing it directly to you. The Jeep Talk Show is not involved with the exception of providing them with the winner information and address. 
So you have to be uh, caller number five, and uh, you'll call in to our voicemail line. And, of course, you can get all that contact information over at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And, uh, you know, this will be open for as, as soon as the show is published and, you heard, and you've heard it. But uh, we've got to have you guys dance, uh, jump through one more hoop. We need a, a phrase that pays, as they say on the radio. What kind of uh, what, what can we have them say, uh, Justin? The phrase that pays will be closed system winching ah okay that makes sense so what you have to do is be caller number five you have to say close system winching easy for me to say and you, <laughs> and you and you can't mess it up like i did and then call back and then say it again you only get one chance uh to do that all right justin now, right. you know all the boys and girls love the social media you know how those kids are how, uh, how can people reach out and uh, find out about uh, see all the great pictures and and see you guys out on the trails and doing things Oh uh, yeah, so they can uh, you know we we're really active on a lot of our social media channels. Uh, you can find us at uh, Facebook.com/factor55. It's uh, Factor55 LLC on uh, Instagram, and then also uh, Factor55 YouTube.com/factor55 um, on YouTube as well as Factor55.com. Uh, do you guys? Where all the links are there. Do, do you guys do a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of how tos, a lot of uh, showing how so, your uh, parts work? Yeah, so that's a great point. So that's actually something we did uh, when we first launched um, the newest version of the website um, a couple of years ago. We went through and did, at that time, we did a product video for every single part that was on there. So there's a lot of videos on it. Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a general purpose video that talks about closed system winching. Uh, you can actually see a lot of videos of, um, you know, some clips in there of us machining the parts. Oh, um, our I CAD like engineers. Yeah, our CAD engineers, design engineers doing that. You can find a lot of videos on YouTube of the destructive testing that we do on all of our products. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Yeah, which is really great. That was uh, something that we really had to, you know, because we sell to the military um, and to, you know, fire departments, law enforcement, all that stuff. We have to provide all of that test data for every single part that we manufacture. So all of that stuff is, um, you know, all that scientific data there. We provide, you know, totally out in the open. Um, you know, for uh, everybody to see, to be really transparent about anything that we offer. And so all of those videos are on there. We are just now in the process where we just released um, a 40-page manual uh, just uh, at the beginning of this year. And we just released with um, an off-road recovery trainer by the name of Bob Wallers. And Bob runs the Off-Road Safety Academy. And we co-authored a basic guide to winching manual um, that's a 40-page booklet uh, that's got tons of information uh, from start to finish, from winching terminology all the way to rigging scenarios and safe winching practices. And those are available on our website as well or at, or from us at any of the many events that we attend. Um, so what we're going to start doing with the YouTube channel is starting to do more hands-on um, training. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure if you ever Googled or like looked up on YouTube about recoveries and things like that, you ever done that before? Sure, of course. So, so a lot of people do because they're trying to source information, right? Because that's a great, I mean, it's a great avenue for that. Well, a lot of it is, um, there are a ton of videos. Um, there's a lot of misinformation that's out there, uh, but most of those videos are actually done by some really great guys out of Australia. Um, and so a lot of that was for us is now, um, you know, we've, we've been working with, uh, the international four wheel drive trainers association, um, Factor 55 products are actually on the recommended parts list for the I4WDTA. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, so we do all, because of all these things, and we're starting to get to the point where you know we release that manual, and so coming here in the next, you know, I would say in the next six months, 
um, we'll start being able to produce more of these how-to videos and kind of um, walk through exactly what the parts are there for and, uh, you know, and you know, why we're, you know, why there's so many different varieties, so many different types. So uh, real quick, you mentioned something about doing all the testing for the military and the fire and emergency rescue. And I just want to make this point or, or uh, figure out if this is uh, actually the case. That same uh, item that you're making and testing for the military and, and emergency vehicles, that's the same uh, quality product that you're selling to individuals. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, so there you go, guys. I mean, <laughs> if, if the military is going to use it, you know it's going to be badass uh, or they're going to get rid of it pretty damn quick. There'll be some sort of congressional gr- gr- uh, hearing yeah, we, if it doesn't work pro- properly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. we actually, and we, and we do, and we manufacture a few parts um, that we don't sell that we, you know, we also do engineering design um, in house as well. And so we manufacture some products. You know, for uh, special forces and stuff. So oh, we actually can you, have. Can you hook? A, can you hook up a talk show host that uh, would like to have some <laughs> some military <laughs> hardware yeah, at the, the back door type thing? <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. We have, there's always leftovers hanging around the shop. Never know. <laughs> well, Justin, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Uh, the interview ran a little long, but that's that. What this? What happens when we have a good guest and they have lots of great information to share with uh, with our listeners? So. Thank you so much for uh, being with us, and thank you so much for that wonderful giveaway item. And, you know, I didn't mention it because uh, I don't like to be uh, embarrassed in front of the guests and stuff, but that's a $168 part that they're, uh, they're giving away for you guys. So you got to call in. you got to call in to win. Don't forget that phrase, closed system winching. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having us on, and we really appreciate it. And if, uh, you know, anybody has any questions, feel free to give us a call anytime. Uh, you know, DM us, email us, anything, man. We're always available. Now, I got to give a big thanks to Justin for for taking the time, for taking quite a bit of time to talk about Factor 55 and all their cool closed system winching gear and and really what closed system winching means. And, uh, of course, uh, we're going to be looking for our fifth caller who's got the phrase that pays closed since system winching. That's what you want to say on the phone better than I just said it. And uh, and if you're caller five, you're going to win some really cool Factor 55 gear. Do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry yourself? Maybe you know somebody who does. We want to hear from you. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. After all, everybody's got one. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well, could be you. Now, I know that you guys have actually uh, uh, given us some ideas for guests, and it hasn't always worked out. Um uh, I think it's uh, Jake, uh, the guy who uh, is traveling around in the back, living out of the back of his YJ, uh, YouTube uh, YouTuber. Very interesting story. Uh, I've reached out to him, uh, like I think of three, four, maybe even five times, and I think I've heard back from him once. So uh, I don't want to, and I'm not trying to beat up on Jake. Jake, the, everybody can decide whether they want to be a guest on our show or not. It's it's fine. There's lots of people with stories. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, if you've you've been disappointed that you've uh, recommended a guest and we didn't have them on, I guarantee you, I love having the guest ideas. So keep them coming, and we'll keep asking. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'd like to uh, shed a little light, give a backstory, if you will. Some of the comments that Tony and Tammy made last week. Uh, last year, I met Tammy at the 
Carolina Trails Off-Road Spring Invasion down here in North Carolina in uh, Uwari. And uh, we went wheeling. And it has been reported that we we don't know who did it. <laughs> but uh, reports say it was a, it was a real good-looking fella. Put a uh, sticker on Tammy's Jeep that says, I'd rather be red. And Tammy, I'll tell you, this year... I promise I will stand guard over your Jeep and make sure that that dashing fellow does not strike again. <laughs> and uh, Tony made a comment about me breaking my Jeep on some rocks, which has happened several times. There's a trail in Uwari called Dickie Bell, which is not a very... It's a difficult trail, but not extremely difficult. I just have a hard time with it been on it many times only completed it once uh it's kind of rocky but i'm getting over it (laughs) and that was a lame lame joke i think i could do better than that i went to the zoo and i i saw a baguette in a cage and it made me sad because i knew it was bred in captivity all right i'm back baby all right boys and girls i'll chat you later you have a good one bye I'm getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I immediately got that. I guess it's just the the Nikki G feel, you know. I, it may, it's just so many years yeah. uh, of listening to his sense of humor. I <laughs> honestly, I, it kind of hit me broadside. I was not expecting it. Uh, it blindsided me a yeah. little bit because yeah. I, I thought, oh, you know, this is all serious. He's talking about some stuff that you know happened and and it's coming up. And then all of a sudden, yeah, in true Nikki G style, just <laughs> nails it to you right on the blind side. And I'm getting over it. Ah, oh, good. Well, good stuff. Well done. <laughs> you must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week, we've got something that's near and dear to my heart, recovery. I've been in some serious recovery situations on both sides of the fence, and uh, it's always handy to have the right gear to do the job right. And uh, we've talked, uh, well, uh, at length about recovery gear and stuff, and, and every so often I like to highlight a piece of gear that really stands out and, and makes recovery either safer, easier, or better. And uh, you guys have all undoubtedly heard about uh, Bubba Rope or the Kinetic Recovery Ropes. And uh, they've been out on the market for long enough now. Some other people have developed the technology for themselves. And one of the leaders in recovery equipment, uh, Smitty Built, is on the scene with their recoil recovery rope. And uh, this is uh, in their, what I would call standard duty, if you will. This is a one inch by 30 foot offering. Uh, it has over 30,000 foot capa- pound capacity. It's waterproof. It's woven. It's one inch by 30 feet long and designed for those real tough situations where a recovery strap just isn't quite strong enough or you're worried about your Jeep being strong enough. The rope stretches under load to store kinetic injury to catapult your vehicle out of whatever situation it's stuck in. Uh, I've heard these things can stretch up to 30% of their length uh, when under load. So so pretty impressive. If you've ever seen a kinetic energy rope uh, in action, it, it it's really amazing what these things can do. You can have one of these just over $100 with free shipping. I know it sounds like a lot of money for a rope. But uh, when this is the only recovery rope that you need, uh, well, you're going to want to have one of these in your bag because uh, it will definitely get you out a lot better, 
a lot safer and a lot easier than that standard tow rope will. So do you uh, recall how much the bu- Bubba rope was? Is it the same uh, length and uh, size? Um, that's the thing is that there are a bunch of these on the market right now and they go all the way down to the ATV type stuff. So if oh, you want yeah. a Bubba rope for your quad, no problem. They've got something that that's perfect for that. You want a Bubba rope for, you know, the, uh, the deuce and a half you have on base. They've got one for that too. Wow. <laughs> and everything Jeez. in between. So, and it's, it's kind of by diameter. So the half inch diameter stuff, that's going to be for your UTVs and ATVs, the three quarter to inch and a quarter stuff. That's going to be for your, for your Jeeps and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, trucks and stuff like that. Now, if you're talking about the F-350 that's buried up to his doors in mud, oh well, you're God. probably going to need the inch and a half variety and, yeah. or the heavy duty versions. And, and those are going to step up in category a little bit as far as price goes. The, all the ATV and the UTV and the Jeep stuff are all around the sub $100 to $120, $150 mark. Okay. You get into the heavy-duty stuff, the inch-and-a-half or larger diameter ropes, uh, that's going to get you into the $200 and $300 or more range depending on the length and, uh, and its, and its uh, rating. You know, I couldn't help but think, you know how my brain works. Uh, you mentioned deuce-and-a-half and Bubba Rope, and I, 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 in my mind, I instantly had this idea of uh, servicemen being launched over a barracks uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, a bunch, uh, yeah, a bunch of marines tying these things up like a slingshot <laughs> all right private it's Come your here. turn <laughs> you made us run an extra five miles today get your ass in this sling <laughs> Whee! oh that's funny that is funny <laughs> don't know where it comes from it's just there like a show <laughs> Well, now that you must have a Smitty-built recoil recovery rope of your very own, we're going to make it very easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 384. You can find it, and you can get one. Hey, guys. SMG for again. Uh, Tony, I just wanted to touch base a little bit on what you and Tammy were talking about in terms of the gloves. Um, actually, I have to sign with Tony on this one. Uh, the nitro gloves, the, I think they're like the 9 mil. I think you can get them at a whole um, Harbor Freight for like, I think it's like 9, 10 bucks uh, for 50 pack or something. I bought one probably about two, three months ago, and I'm only halfway through it. And it's they seem to hold up better than the mechanics gloves. Um, I mean, I do a little bit. I, I get my hands greasy pretty well, um, and they, they tend to hold up. Um Mechanics clubs actually not not to kind of you know throw throw talk crap about a company, but I've literally had a brand new pair use them for about thirty minutes and the fingers were already falling apart. So I mean I'm not you know I do have a couple pairs of them. I use them in certain instances, especially when I'm using like the impact gun or or um, you know doing a lot of suspension work or whatnot when I have to you know a lot of torque on things just to kind of keep my hands from getting destroyed but uh all in all i kind of have to side with tony uh the surgical and nitro gloves are, are probably the way to go at least in my opinion uh so that's about it i hope you guys have a good week and uh talk to you soon you know it wasn't until he mentioned the fingers getting tore up and i, and I remember that's exactly what happened to me brand new you know 25 dollars gloves and one-time use and now the fingers are starting to come apart on them yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this one to a certain extent. Now, I worked in an industry where dexterity and, and your ability to kind of see with your fingers exactly. and, and, and hands was a priority. And, and having something like mechanics gloves 
really wasn't an option at all. Now, working outside, cold weather, pretty much you don't have an option. You got to have something that has some padding and some insulation a little bit. Um, however, there's something to be said about feeling what you're working on, having that de- dexterity and and being able to manipulate finer objects and and not you know we're not all dealing with nuts and bolts off of a diesel here. Uh, you know we're we're talking about you know smaller ten millimeter bolts here. Uh, so uh, I don't like the nine mil the, the nine mil gloves. Yes, they're thick and they hold up to just about everything but they are thick. You don't get as many in a, in a box. And honestly, the seven mil, it to me, worked just as good. You get a little bit of best of both worlds with a thinner gloves to where you can feel the finer stuff, uh, but you get the protection where you're not going to be ripping them open every time you turn a screw or a nut with your fingers. So, I mean, I've got, I've got three mil that I use in the kitchen and I've got seven mil that I use in the garage. I've got a box uh, for any occasion uh, and I've always got them on hand, but I always have a set of mechanics types gloves as well uh, to use in the winter in case I ever have to do something out on the driveway. Uh, or, you know, I like them for when I'm really reefing on something too, to have that extra padding when you need that extra torque. So uh, I tried a couple of different uh, different ones from Amazon. Uh, one, I think, was uh, Gator Gloves, and I forget how, how thick they were, but they did have a problem with tearing pretty easy. Uh, they're probably thinner. And uh, then I, I saw someplace, maybe it was just a, a rating on Amazon, I don't remember, but uh, the ones I have right now are called uh, Venom Steel Nitrite Gloves. And uh, just looking that up real quick, uh, I got a box of 100 of those for $18.37, and they are 6 mil thickness. And they are, they really hold up really well unless I get something sharp, like on the back of my hand. Uh, and even yeah. then, it doesn't do it right away. Uh, that just kind of starts the, uh, like the girls wearing the stockings. That's what starts the run, <laughs> you know. And uh, and and really, the only reason why I I use these things is it just it just takes me that much longer to get cleaned up afterwards. Whenever yeah. I'm having having to get all the grease and stuff uh, out out from underneath my fingernails, and on my one thumb on my right hand, I guess I'm using using it a lot to twist things and and holding it mm-hmm. tight. The grease yeah. actually gets down into the the little cracks of the skin. Oh, and it I've, stains. It actually stains yeah, yeah, yeah. the skin. You, yeah. you, it's it's clean, but it looks dirty. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just having the gloves makes a, a really big difference. Now, when it's uh, summertime outside, which you know is like nine months out of the year here, <laughs> I get a nice uh, a, a nice uh, uh, dripping of uh, sweat in those gloves. Nice, like, nice pruning of the skin underneath. Oh man, it's just so much <laughs> so much liquid comes out of those gloves whenever. Uh, when I'm done, but it makes clean that up. is the one downfall uh, using those yeah. during during the hotter months is is you will sweat inside of them. But uh, you know, it's it I, to me, you know, better a little bit of prune skin and a little bit of sweat in the glove than than sitting there for you know 15 minutes under hot exactly. water with a scrubby brush and and the and the orange goo to try and clean off my hands. Yeah, but uh, Venom Steel Nitrite gloves. Give give those a try and see what you think. They were like I said, they were about nineteen dollars for a hundred of them. I'm gonna get some more. I'm I'm actually getting kind of low on them. I just did the Harbor Freight ones. They've they've done me well for years, just like FMG per. So I, I don't know. Yeah, your your mileage may vary. Well, you know, I, I love I love the Amazon because I don't have to go out and interface sure. with uh, people that are getting in my way. And ah uh, uh, yes, <laughs> I just ordered off of Amazon. It shows up magically. Hey, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware.
Hola, hola, on, Jeeper. I gotta, I gotta hook my my rope up to this stump real quick. Hold on. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty much what I'm gonna be doing this weekend with the Jeep. I, I, uh, I had originally intended on on maybe getting up into the hills a little bit. We're we're having some amazing weather. Uh, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said uh, summer has come early out here in the Pacific Northwest. It has been amazing uh, the last couple of weeks, and and we're we're in the 90s right now, um, uh, low 80s and 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 uh, or high 80s, uh, low 90s. So I'm I'm loving the weather, and I was going to take advantage of it, get out, maybe do some camping, maybe do some trail riding. Um, but uh, you know, spring is here, and and really trying to be an adult is is more important. I've got a lot of yard work and stuff to do around the Boo. house. So I know, I Boo. know, it's no fun. Um, <laughs> chopped down a massively overgrown shrub in the front yard um, this last weekend. We're talking big. I've got probably close to two truckloads of of uh, yard debris now that I've got to find something to do with. Um, but uh, the stump is still in this island that's in the front yard. So I've got to, uh, it's got to come out um, because I've got some other things that are planned to go in there. Uh, so the Jeep is going to be used for some landscaping yeah, this weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works perfectly fine. The The first thing I used uh, my winch for was to pull out an old rose bush. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, something similar is going to be going on here. I'll be hooking the winch up, and, and I was going to just you know try and yank it out, but I really don't want a stump coming through the back window. I'm going to do this smart, uh, do it slow and steady. Uh, I'm going to dig it out as much as I can uh, at first, uh, and then the winch is going to come into play and just, uh, yeah, finish it off for me. Not a bad thing. Yeah, it, uh, it it's wonderful having tools. It's just absolutely wonderful. And you know, speaking of uh, having tools, this is this is a great opportunity for me to bitch about this. Oh. Um, you know, I found out recently that the the rattling noise, at least part of the rattling noise I was having on my uh, my XJ, was the catalytic converter was all broken up inside. That's right. You had originally thought it might have been um, the flywheel or the uh, the bolts uh, exactly. on the flywheel might have come loose. Common uh, problem in the uh, with the four liters uh, and the all, all and the AW fours. Uh, it, you know, you a little bit of rattling, and that ends up what it what it ends up being a cracked fly plate, something like that. Thankfully, uh, yours wasn't that because that that is a little bit more of an entailed process to repair. Uh, versus uh, swapping out a catalytic converter. Yep, yep. So you would you would think. <laughs> so I ordered. I actually went uh, to Amazon, and uh, you know how they uh, you can look at your orders, and you just do a search on your orders, and you can look at all the things that you've ordered in the past. Yeah. So so I saw that I had ordered a catalytic converter. Uh, last one was in uh, 2012, and I went 2012. That thing's like new. And then I start doing the math on my fingers, and well, that's a, that's a little while ago. No, that's it's been a little while. <laughs> it's actually yeah. been a little while. Yeah, well, 2012, just like a couple of years ago. <laughs> and uh, whenever I got, uh, I, I ordered another one. It came in. Uh, it, I ordered a different brand because I, when I bought the, the one in. 2012, and here we go again. I'm thinking this is like the other day. I paid less than $100 for it. Well, now it's $159. Those bastards. So I, I found me another one uh, that was an OEM replacement, even though I would rather have had a high, uh, high flow one. I really didn't want to do a lot of uh, exhaust work and trying to add stuff and take stuff away so it would fit. And a lot of those catalytic converters don't come with the uh, O2 sensor bong on them, and I, oh, I really didn't really? want. Yeah, I really didn't want to mess with that. I don't have a welder, so and JB Weld can just go so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got a, an OEM replacement, uh, and considering that this one was so broken up uh, that I found when I, I, I removed it, 
uh, anything would be better than what was there. Now, it did cross my mind uh, that whenever I, I, uh, I, I got the, the front end of the catalytic converter pulled off. Now, I actually uh, don't have any of my exhaust system welded. Uh, I purposely broke all that stuff apart and clamped it because I didn't want to have to find some uh, fly-by-night muffler shop that I had uh, dealt with this, this most recent time. And they were kind of moody because I had the catalytic converter. Uh, that wasn't something they could sell me for $300. Oh. So I just wanted to take care of it myself. I like to take care of myself at my own time. And, and you know, I, I know I know what I got there. Exhaust is really mm-hmm. easy. Anyway, when I got the front of that catalytic converter off, I couldn't believe the mess of the, the, the catalytic material that was inside. It was so broken up. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe how bad it was. I could I actually it, could see clearly through. through. Yes. Did it make it through the rest of the exhaust system or did it? I didn't see any any. Uh, they were big enough chunks. I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff that went went down the thing because there was a lot of dust coming yeah. out of that as well. But anyway, um, I, I thought about it for a, for a fraction of a moment of just well, let me get that stuff out of there. <laughs> It'll make a nice resonant chamber, right? <laughs> well, well, the old the old broomstick really? trick, you know, yeah. from uh, well, from back in the day. It'll just be me <laughs> and you. We just we're the only ones we'll know. You know, it's all right. <laughs> So, but no, I'd already had the, uh, the replacement catalytic converter. And do you know what? I couldn't get that son of a bitch pulled out of the muffler. It would what? not slide out of the muffler. All it was, it was a slit in there and clamped. I took the clamp off. It was captured in there tighter than shit. I could not get it out. Oh, I bet you like crimped it when you clamped it down almost. Really? No, no, really? No, it was such a tight huh. fit. And you know how exhaust heats up, cools off, heats up, cool off. And it, it, it just like, it, it wasn't, there was really no rust for Southeast Texas. There's, we don't see yeah. a lot of rust. Yeah. And it, it, I, God damn it. You know how you work on a Jeep and <laughs> I just, it's just two clamps and you pull it apart and you put the new one in and right. screw Couldn't the O2 be more simple. and you Couldn't go be more simple. three freaking hours. Oh man. Trying to get and then I go, okay, that's fine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sawzall the, the back <laughs> yeah. end of this catalytic converter off and then I'll just use the air hammer to collapse the thing inside of the muffler uh, flange and then I'll pull it out. Sure. Do you know that that metal is amazingly strong? The air hammer would barely go through it. I, I, my ear, I can't hear out of one ear because of all the air hammering that I did to try to get that (laughs) thing out. And I, then I I got the torch and I started heating up the outside of the muffler thing. I was going to ask if you got, if you got the, the torch involved or not. I did. And I don't know that that made any difference, but what I did was I got the air hammer kind of at an angle because since the, uh, the catalytic converter piece that was left in there uh, kind of was uh, was uh, stuck up more than the, the muffler thing. I was able to get the air hammer kind of at an angle and kind of mm-hmm. beat that little piece of shit out. And uh, it's like you got to get a flashlight on it because you're just hammering and hammering and hammering. You can't really see if it's moving or not. And you just want to see some tiny bit of movement. You just right. want some hope that this living hell is going to go away because you can't drive the Jeep this way. It's, it's straight pipe. <laughs> so eventually it finally started coming out and then it finally got out of there. And then I slide the other one in and it's like, oop, yep, it's just in go. there. Yeah. It's just right in. Zzz, no problem. <laughs> 
so i don't know why why does it always have to happen you know it's, just, it's you know, so it's, it's simple i'm just gonna run out there saturday evening i mean sunday evening i need to do this before i go to work tomorrow no problem i'll just oh, yeah. slide I'll that thing there in just, there i'll start it after dinner should be fine two clamps <laughs> slide it in slide it out Bing to the bing, what was it? Bing to the bomb, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's done. Bingo, bango, and yeah. suddenly it's midnight. <laughs> <sighs> so, well, anyway. so are you all you all buttoned back up now? Are you are you you street legal and everything? Oh yeah, uh, it was oh, fine. It good. was fine before. It just didn't it didn't have the rattles. And you know, Josh, it, it accelerates better now too. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I was getting a bit of a uh, hissing noise. That I thought maybe I just had an exhaust leak someplace, and now I know what the hissing noise was. It was the the, the exhaust trying to make its way through the debris. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was actually getting a, 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 a not really valve float, but you know how the feeling you get when you're accelerating and your and your uh, lifters uh, start floating and the valves don't open and close properly, and you you lose a bit of uh, acceleration. You can just mm-hmm. feel that it's not accelerating properly. It was doing that at around 4,500 RPM, and uh, you know that's gone away. And it was all because of that catalytic converter. And I've been having a rattling noise for a while, and I had no idea it was the catalytic converter. So what you can do is uh, you chalk your wheels and uh, get up underneath your your vehicle and listen around. That's how I found it because I initially was looking at the uh, the flywheel bolts. I, I removed the inspection cover and actually had a look and didn't find an issue. Started it up and moved my head around underneath there and boom, it was easy to hear that that rattling noise was coming from the catalytic converter. Another test uh, uh, is to get under there and kind of just give it a, a thwack on the side with like, you know, the, the the palm of your hand or the, you know, kind of a side of your fist or something like that. Uh-huh. And some good impact on the side of the exhaust there at the catalytic converter. That that impact and that vibration should uh, give you an indication if there's any debris in there rattling around. If you have any sort of a, a rattling or loose debris sound inside your catalytic converter, that is a sign that it needs to be replaced immediately. And there's uh, there's two things, and uh, for the folks playing at home, you've uh, you may have already thought of this: uh, a, a clogged catalytic converter can cause overheating. Oh, don't I know it! <laughs> I think I've told the story uh, on the show before about an old Mazda six two six that I had um, that caught on fire uh, on me from a plugged catalytic converter. That was a that was a, a good time a, a story for another campfire perhaps. Yep, yep. And uh, but but I'm wondering if this will uh, make it a little bit better for on the the highway driving because it certainly uh, I mean at 70 miles an hour 456 gears you're looking at about uh, 2700 uh, 2700 RPM which is certainly a lot lower than the 4500 that I was seeing the uh, the problem with the acceleration but over a long period of time that uh, exhaust uh, flow being uh, backed up potentially could cause a small overheating issue over a period of time. Uh, engine uh, Interesting. Cool- That's the direction and I'm who, going with that. Who on this show has had a problem with heat for so many years? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I got this thing in, t- in 2012, and uh, I was looking, I was kind of concerned, you know, I put that extra bracket uh, at the front of the catalytic converter to pull the downpipe off of the cross member. Yeah. And, and I was concerned that maybe that maybe that was causing the issue, caused the thing to break up because of the yeah. the jarring or anything. Uh, and I was and I so I went to the internet and I did you know like what makes a catalytic converter go bad, and and <laughs> there the last line was 
Uh, one of the things was, you know, too rich of a fuel flow, you know, basically having too much unburnt fuel running through the catalytic converter. But the, mm-hmm. the last one was uh, engine coolant. Oh. Do you uh, remember when you I dropped the, a valve? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the cylinder uh, went away and all the coolant got this big, huge cloud. It looked like I was spraying mosquitoes. And I, and I, I went back and checked. And sure enough, this was the catalytic converter that I had in the Jeep at the time oh. of that when that engine let loose. Well, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it, it lines up. So Man, now, so we'll now you've got me thinking because, you know, those head issues and stuff that I had a few years back, uh, boy. Change it. I gotta, Change it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm thinking about just swapping it out yeah. now. I've, I, now, it's already aftermarket. I've already uh, gone through and, and swapped out my catalytic converter. I did a lot of uh, exhaust work uh, within the first few years that I, that I owned the Jeep. But, uh uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna go back i think and 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 grab uh grab one because it, it might be just be about time anyways but they're so easy to change out it's 30 minutes you're in you're in well, you're out my, mine <laughs> mine's welded in <laughs> yeah so uh there's gonna be some cutting and and some sparks involved some cursing, uh, with yeah. mine but uh but yeah and some cursing you betcha i gotta spend so that money everybody, everybody says to to weld uh weld in the exhaust system other than going off road and having uh brackets to get hung up on things as you're going over it what is the i think clamps are are, are so much easier to make to, to be able to work on things are they more prone to leaks and, and yes and grabbing things that well you know well, I, you've got you've got all that hardware down there it's all a point of failure any one of those um threads could strip any one of those bolts could back out any i mean there, there are those ones that are like a mechanical spring clamp you know, that almost like latch like a suitcase, well, you know, but the, I mean, you, you can't really trust no, those. I wouldn't trust that. No. Um, so, you know, there's welding. I mean, that's, there's, it's, there's, it's one and done. You never have to worry about it. And, and well, if you I can, mean, if you can weld it yourself, sure, but I don't have a welder and I don't know how to weld. I'm going to get a welder and I'm going to learn how to weld. But even at that, I, well, I, I shouldn't say that if, if I could weld it, it probably wouldn't be that big a deal. I would just weld it up. But have you seen those, uh, those clamps that are basically cylinders? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I I've seen use them out those. there, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like the right way to do it, but that's, that, that's just me. Does it work? hundred percent. Do you have leaks? Probably not. I'm sure it's just fine. Uh, you've been using them for years, so I, clearly it's a solution that works. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I come from a different school of thought. All right. So, uh, one other thing I bought some long arms today, Josh. <sighs> Between you and Tammy, <laughs> I swear to God. Well, it's really not my fault. Uh, oh, it's, sure. it's Iron Gun Man. Head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Iron Man Andy. It's Iron Man four by four fab.com. You've you've heard me talk Damn of you, it. Andy. You've heard me talk of it often. Uh, I was uh, I was on the Iron Man four by four fab.com website today, and I was uh, looking again at the, uh, the his long arm kit. Uh, such a beautiful belly pan combo long arms type thing. He makes things that are zombie proof. Uh, if you literally, if you're in a zombie apocalypse, you can, and you break down, you can take his stuff off and this beat your way through the zombie apocalypse with his stuff. And he had, uh, he has both front and rear, uh, long arms for the, the Cherokee, the XJ. Let, let's be a little more specific. He's got front and rear true four link systems. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, just an absolute, I don't, I think that you couldn't fit more bolts into the belly pan. He's got <laughs> all these bolts, you know, the, the flush fitting uh, hex head, or not hex head, the uh, uh, Allen wrench type thing, you know, bolts that all go it nice and smooth. It's just gorgeous. And uh, the, uh, it's $1,500 uh for the Good lord for the for the four link uh front uh or four link rear for the the Cherokee and <laughs> now it doesn't it doesn't include coil perches and coils and all the rest of that stuff that you need to get rid of the the leaf springs for the the rear there's quite a bit more work that you have to do for the 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 back four link uh long arms anyway um so but I was looking at it and they were on sale Josh the oh, bastard put them on sale I'm sure a decent discount too, because uh, well, it, it, it made you go for the purchase. So, thirteen fifty was his was his price Man, on these that's, things. That's attractive. So I had to. I was chatting with him on Facebook, and he goes, "You know, this would go a lot quicker on a phone." <laughs> I said, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't like wasting people's time talking to them on the phone." But uh, sure, yeah, you know. So, but, you know, so I gave him a call. All that crap out. Sure. I gave him a call, and he says, "Tony." <laughs> Just call me on the phone. And yeah. I said, okay, well, look, I saw this exhaust is cut off on your picture. Is there any problem with running the stock exhaust with your, your four-link uh, front uh, long arm kit? He goes, no, works perfectly fine. Not an issue. And then he, and then he says, uh, oh, we've, we've got a new uh, uh, AW4. Uh, I don't even think it's just an AW4. I think it's either, either transmission on the XJ. Transmission mount, you know, with the, the big poly bushing and just oh, a yeah. real nice heavy-duty transmission mount. And I said, yeah, I got one of those. He goes, well, you can use that with this kit. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. So I don't have the, you know, this extra piece that I'm just going to have to throw away or give to somebody else. Right. And uh, we were talking about it, and it, everything was lining up. He said uh, that you could even use that to get more room for the transfer case uh, from the belly pan. So if you, he says, nice. because the 242s and 231s, not all the castings are the same. There's all these little, little differences. And sometimes they impact that, uh, that belly pan. So he says, you can actually adjust it with this thing. And we, you know, he gives, he gives you all kinds of information. So I, I just, we were talking about all this stuff and I said, oh, how long is that? Uh, I thought maybe the price had just dropped, you know? And I said, how long is that? Uh, how long is that 1350 going to be active? He says, about a week. And I went, God oh, damn it. <laughs> So I had to, Josh. You yeah, have to agree. No, you you pretty much you pretty much did. I, I have had to. to buy it. So you know you can't you can only look at something for so long, and you know you have to get it. So anyway, uh, it's about thirty days because they build them pretty much to to suit the individual, uh, and then you you know you place the order and they build them. So about thirty days from now they should come in. And the it, the cool thing was is again I don't have a welder and I don't uh, I, I have to learn how to weld and I really don't want to have to learn how to weld on something as critical as welding. The, uh, the 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 side pieces of the belly pan to the the unibody. So yeah. uh, he told me he goes, oh, there's so many bolts. There's the grade eight or better. He goes, you can uh, you can put this thing on yourself and then literally drive it someplace to be welded. So yeah, I, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to wheel it, but no 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 that and that's the point. Long, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, that's the point. You don't want to put a lot of pr- pressure like off roading on this. Uh, but uh, but certainly driving it someplace, no problem. Bolt on's fine. Get it welded, and uh, he actually—I told him about the uh, frame stiffeners that I have and the way 
uh, they they they're on the sides of the uh, the unibody, and he says, "Oh yeah, you should just be able to put another uh, piece of metal on that and weld it, and you can actually uh, bolt them to the uh, the frame stiffeners as well." So, man, this thing will be solid as a rock. Heck yeah! Well, I'm stoked for you, bud. And it seems to me that you you have some long arms, Josh, but you haven't installed I, I them. I actually I actually uh, <laughs> have some Iron Man four x four fab long arms. They they are of the previous generation than the than what you ordered. This is his long arm kit, not the uh, not the true four link kit like uh, like what you're getting. Um, now mine uh, I've I've had for the better part of probably five years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this, S- in the this garage, would be just, this would you know, be your air horn. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty well, much yeah but, but, inside but, baseball but you have to have uh you have you don't have the belly pan this is a whole kit so yeah, you yours, don't have yours something is a whole kit My, mine i got i didn't get from directly from iron man uh mine it was a was craigslist, a craigslist right? purchase yeah. yeah it was a guy who was trying to put a jeep axle into a ford ranger uh and he was going to do a long arm uh on it and the the project just got way over his head uh, he started parting things out. This was one of the last things to go, and I just happened to uh, to to call at the right time. Um, however, it doesn't have the center section, the the belly pan that goes with it. Um, it there there isn't one that goes with these. Uh, right. The one that he had intended uh, people to use with this version of the Iron Man long arms um, was one from Rubicon Express. Yes, uh, and it's completely welded in, and it has like a million pieces, and comes in like two separate kits. And I honestly, it, it looks completely too. overwhelming. I so I mean that's one of the things that has put me off. When I first got those long arms, I didn't have a welder. Uh, I do now. I'm not worried about um, about any welding or anything like that. I know how to weld. I'm fairly, fairly confident um, with with the equipment that I have. Uh, the thing is, is just the the, the cost and uh, and the time and everything. There's a lot that's going to have to go into all of that, including frame stiffeners that I've also had for about five years. Oh wow! So it's one of these things to where you know, I mean, the the front control arm mounts have got to be ground off. The frame stiffeners have to go on. Then the center section has to go on. Then the the long arms can go on. There's just a lot of steps, and I don't have half the parts. So that's. That's where my problem is, is th- there's a lot of major modifications that are they're going to be done with this and a lot of major part buying that also has to happen before I can do step one. Yeah, I don't see this as a, a big project um, for the bolt-on portion, portion of it. Uh, no, I, I don't for I don't, I mean, you, it's going to be pretty pretty easy and quick. Yeah, I, I mean, you, that's the benefit of having a kit, and it's already been yeah. tested and set up and everything, and uh, the only downside to it was the, the minor bit of welding. Uh, that needs to be done on it, and 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 that's I don't, that, that's not a, a big deal for most people. So anyway, uh, oh, uh, and I did mention this to you in chat that uh, Andy uh, pointed out that these uh, it's no longer uh, fixed control arms where you have to pull them off to adjust them. It's a uh, it's got a center section uh, with two lock nuts on either end, so you can just loosen up the lock nuts. Fully adjustable and dial up that uh, yeah. dial up that suspension both sides without having to reline up that that uh, the the bottom um, uh, control arm um, uh, mounts. That was always a pain in the ass for me. Always a pain in the butt. There are a couple of tricks um, depending on on the Jeep you have and the tools uh, at your disposal. But uh, but yeah, this is going to make uh, dialing in your your front alignment a lot uh, a lot better as well. Exactly. It'll be uh, make it a lot easier. So. Really looking forward to this, and uh, they say it's a lot smoother ride. Not important thing to me, uh, but it will be interesting to see uh, or, or feel uh, what it's like uh, driving uh, on the uh, the freeway with uh, a long arm system. 
Hey, do you want to join in on the campfire side chat? We'd sure love to have you around the flames here with us. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Oh, by the way, uh, Dusty, Dusty L. Dunn made a comment on my post about my alarms on uh, our Instagram, uh, Jeep Talk yeah. Show on Instagram. He, uh, I, I put up a picture of the long arm system. He goes, this will be great when you're, for when you're at the mall. And, 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 <laughs> and I say, Dusty, don't be jealous. You, yeah, he knows you, you can you get a long well. arm. You can get a long arm system for yours someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, now let's get into some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or volunteering with or are involved in. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our wheeling wear form. That information comes to us. And we'll get it out to the rest of you. Coming up here, May 29th, the end of the month through June 2nd, it is some serious off-road racing. SCORE International presents the off-road racing 51st annual Baja 500, happening in Encinita, Baja, Mexico. Happening a little bit later in the month as well, June 28th, next month rather, we've got Jeep Enthusiast of Eastern PA, or Jeep, for happening, uh, having their Jeep at the drive-in event. Like I said, happening June 28th at the Shankweilers Drive-In Theater in Orfield, Pennsylvania. For more information, more events, and links to these or any other events we've talked about, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode or whatever one you're listening to. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Yes, that's still going. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. If I didn't know any better, I'd say that you're the type of person that just might have a stash of split pea soup in the toe of his boot. Now, if that's the case, partner, you and I need to have a little talk about the cornbread in my pocket. I'm guessing since 2010. I don't care what they say they have in their pocket. Never go fishing for it. Make them take it out of the pocket <laughs> for, for you. Don't, no, don't, go ahead. Dive in. Don't fall. It's right here. This That's one. not it. No, it's, it's a deeper. It's a little left. <laughs>